Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Hello, welcome to Unplugged with Brandon Steiner, and we've got another phenomenal guest, a little different, Pete Davidson, star from Saturday Night Live, and what I love about him is he is a New York City kid, born and raised here, and we're going to get a little bit of an understanding of A, how Saturday Night, and some, some of this stuff works. And how do you become an American actor and comedian? What it really takes. Uh, welcome. How are you, Pete? I am good. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, you grew up. I, I, I you're a Staten Island guy, which was always uh, unfortunate. Always, always a little different out there. But explain to me a little bit of the childhood, like what was going on, because you know I, I see your dad was a firefighter. Yeah, which we'll talk about a little in a little bit as well, but. Did the home life bring the comedian out on you, or was it was was going on at home that funny? And what happened at you as a kid that kind of all of a sudden elevated you to this uh, being a comedian with your career? Uh, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, of course. Anything you want. So Staten Island's full of shitheads, and uh, they're it's like really weird. It's hard to play, but they're for some reason. It's a very backwards way of thinking over there. It's kind of like it's stuck in like this. Um, and a, a lot of people whacked out. So I had a really rough childhood and uh, I didn't have many friends. And like, you know, I, I was picked on and like my dad died 9 11. So, like, that's how, like, shitty people are on, like, Staten Island. And, and when your dad died, how old were you? Was that, like, around 10, 11? And I was bullied the next day. Like, the next day. Oh like, it God. was, yeah, it made no sense. Wow, that must have been dramatic. I, just, I, I might have one of those faces, though, when I was little. I might have had one of those faces where you just, like, no matter how nice they are, you just, you know, I might have had one of those faces. I don't know what it was. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so I just kind of started watching comics by myself, and I always used to like to write. I didn't always write comics. Like, well, first, let's go back to that moment. I mean, you know, Staten Island was always a weird place. I'm a Brooklyn guy. Like, Staten Island was always weird to me. Like, I wasn't quite sure who the hell moved out to Staten Island. Nothing against the people in Staten Island, but it was just I wasn't quite sure who was living out there. But, um, was I mean... How dramatic was that? I mean, where were you when 9-11 happened? And tell me a little bit about your dad. I was in third grade. It was like my second or third day at a new school. Wow. And I got yanked out of school. And I was not allowed to watch the TV for a long time. And I didn't know why. Um, my dad was a really good guy. He was uh, really funny. He was pretty jacked. Um, I love sports. He loves his family. He's just a really solid guy. He's like a really good dude, from what I remember. Yeah, and um, a hero. Yeah, he was a good dude. Um, but yeah, I, thought, I don't really remember that much because I was so little. I mean, obviously, that's and it was. I lost my dad when I was ten, so I, I I'm not going to say that I equally relate, but it is very dramatic. And when you lose your dad at such a young age. But did that ha- did that kind of 
have a now when you look back on it, I'm sure it was devastating then, but as it's kind of sometimes that devastating things all end up somehow giving you a boost to that now give you a boost of you being more accountable, responsible to taking some action towards what you want to ultimately be. Did you find yourself more aggressive or did you fall into a hole? Where where'd you go from there? Um, when it first happened, I fell into a really big hole. It was, I'm still in a hole, uh-huh. but, um, you know, it kind of gave me, uh, this little power of not giving a shit about anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, cause like the worst thing has already happened. So I think that's why I'm able to do stand up and able to do comedy is cause I just really don't care anymore and I don't you know not like what's the worst that could happen like a joke doesn't go well I go ooh like you know uh-huh. so you became a little fearless yeah I think if he didn't die I don't, I don't think I'd be doing this you know I think I'd start doing this as like a coping mechanism I would probably be a construction worker in like Staten Island or like a you know garbage man that's like the dream out there so <laughs> Yeah, ever since I was little, my mom was like, you're going to take the garbage man test when you're 18. It's like it was a big dream down there. So, um, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with being a sanitation worker, but... No, there's not. It's, it's actually... <laughs> yeah, my mother would threaten me that I was going to end up being a sanitation worker if I didn't get back and get into school and change the way I spoke and got my shit together. Like She'd be like, you know, you're going to be a garbage man. You know, the, yeah. you'll, you'll take the test, and I'm sure you'll be all right. You know, get a good physical workout every day. It's not what I wanted you to be. I wanted you to be an accountant, a lawyer, or a doctor, but it's okay. You'll disappoint your mother, but that's okay. Um, but how the hell do you land a job at 20 on Saturday Night Live? I mean, how'd that happen? I still don't know. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know why I'm there. I have no idea how I have not been fired, or it's ridiculous. Um I was friends with, I am, I'm friends with Amy Schumer and, um, or this is like four, yeah, four years ago, she got uh, a deal to shoot her movie, Trainwreck. She was just like, you know, come by, I can get you into something and, uh, you know, we just wait around and mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll find something we could throw you in. And then they found this like little scene they, you know, gave me where I just improved with, and uh, for some reason, I still don't know why uh, Bill Hader really liked me for the 35 seconds that I was on the set, and uh, like the next day, I just got a call from. Next couple of days, I got a call from my agent, like. I never got a call from my agents. Like, I didn't even know I had them until, like, the next day. <laughs> um, they were like, uh, yeah, Bill Hader recommended you to Lauren Michaels for SNL, and now they want you to audition. And I was like, what a fucking asshole. Like, I, like, I didn't ask for that. I was like, that's mortifying. Just because, like, I don't do characters, and I don't, uh-huh. I don't act or do any of that stuff. So, um... I got really, really lucky. I got really lucky. And, uh, you know, he did me a huge favor. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be honest. Do you buy Bill, do you buy Hater dinner like constantly and send him gifts and everything? Or? Oh, I always ask him to, to go out to dinner. I'm very, very grateful that I got, you, you know what sucks about Bill is he's such a nice 
incredible dude that he doesn't. He's like, yeah, dude, I thought you were funny. And like, <laughs> well, like there are really some people in the world that do the right thing just because it's the right thing and they enjoy helping people. Yeah, he's just a really sweet, incredible guy. I have not one bad word to say about that guy. I bet Amy Schumer's a little that way, too. My daughter's favorite comedian, by the way. She, my, my wife goes crazy. Like My daughter loves Amy Schumer. How, what kind? Where's she like? She's great. She she really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> you think, I don't give a fuck. That lady does not give a fuck. Has been that way always or since she's been successful, though? Yeah, no, she's always been like that. Like, I've, I'm friendly with her a year before... She skyrocketed, but yeah. I've known that she's been around the comedy community. I've been around for like eight years. So, you know, when I first started, she was like one of the people that everybody was like, oh, you got to go see, you got to go see Amy or like, you, know, you got to watch. And she was getting very, very big in the stand-up scene when I first started. So she's always been like that. But when, when you look back, and you, it, is it just one moment of time where, you know, where, you know, certain things cross where it's a yeah, it's a hater, it's a it's a it's somebody that all somebody just comes around and all of a sudden it your life could change. I mean, there's people out there that listen to this. You know, I think sometimes can you get caught up in the negative like it's never going to happen? But for you, it did. Could it? Is it that simple, or did you work at your craft, or was it just pure luck? Um, I mean, I I'm not gonna like I did work my ass off. Like I did every single day. From 16 to now, I mean, really 16 to like 20, 21 before I got the show, before like I wasn't able mm -hmm. to do stand-up every day. But I was in Staten Island. I would leave school, go to the ferry, take the ferry to the city, get to the city around like 5, 6, and then do like four or five open mics. And you have to pay the money I made from a job. And, you know, 20, 30 bucks every day to go do five shows. And then I would go back home, get home around like 11 at night and just keep doing it every day. And my mom said I could do it as long as like I don't fuck up my grade. Um, so I definitely, definitely put the work in. But like that doesn't, I still don't think that really matters. I think you also have to be at the right place at the right time. And um, I was always at the places. You seem so, like you were pretty relentless, though. Yeah, I, I was just always around. So, like, whenever anything happened, I was there. You, you were know? a show-up so, guy. But it seems like you're a relationship guy, too. You know, getting to know these, even, get, you know, getting to know people, you're probably being around. You got to know other people that were kind of doing what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, like, that's how I made friends was when I started doing stand-up because I was like, oh, wow, everybody that does this is fucked in the head. Uh in some aspect or another. So, like, you know, it's uh, it, it really made me feel a lot better about myself. And uh, it was it's just like a community that, that I could relate to. Have you have you dealt much with Lauren Michaels? Can you give us a little bit of insight? Is is he the genius that people make him out to be? Um, what what's why, how has he been so successful from your view as a talent? Uh, Lauren fucking rules. Uh, he's always good to me. Uh, he's done a lot for me. He's very understanding. I went through a lot last year, and he was right there, really supportive, uh, as everyone was there. But, you know, it's really great to have your boss in your corner. Um, he's fucking smart, man. He's just, yeah. you know, he has an eye for talent. He knows how the show works. 
Um, he's been making it work for over 40 years, and this year it kind of had a, a big, really big pop again. It's like back again. Yep. Um, but also, if people don't know about that dude, is he's 72 or three or whatever, and he's there just as much as we are, if not longer, at the show. Like we're there, even on writing night. Writing night, you know, you get there on Tuesday at like one, and you, most people stay till like four, five in the morning. And that that guy's there. That guy's in his office at four or five in the morning. Wow. And still, yeah. You know, wow. Every every single sketch. Every He's not working for money thing. anymore. You know. You know. He genuinely loves it. He really does, and it's it's his like passion project, and um, you know, he takes it very seriously. Every single he makes every decision, looks at every single script, every single sketch, every single everything. He's there, hands on. So that guy, that guy's a monster. That's cool. Now your comedian style, you, you know, you te- you tend to talk about a lot of sensitive subjects, you know, sex, death. Um, your dad, I mean, any particular reason why you've gone that direction or just that's what just comes natural? Uh, I'm not good at writing jokes like, uh, like, you know, like a juggleneck or like someone that like literally could sit there and like <laughs> write a joke. Yep. Like I'm not, I'm not that guy. I never was. What I found might, if you say, if you could call it a talent is like whatever would happen to me, I would have a of being able to tell what happened in a in a funny way and then give um you know like another example of it or like just be able to like create some sort of a thing out of something happening to me so like uh you know it's just life experiences and you know it's like yeah, it's just like regular shit. I, I, I'm not one of those guys that can write like laffy taffy jokes or like any of that shit. Like I, I wish I could. I wish I was a good joke writer, but it's basically just stuff that happens, and then I rant on stage. It's working out for, for you pretty well, though. Yeah, it's going okay for talk, now. You talk know? to me about something because you know it's amazing how often this pops up. But talk to me about the Crohn's and, and how you've handled that because I've seen some very interesting people that very quietly all of a sudden have come out that have Crohn's. This does not seem to be one of these diseases. Like when I was a kid, it was a very, very rare thing. And now it seems a lot more common. And also um, it's scary because it doesn't seem like there's really a, a real solution to it. Uh, what's your take on this? How's this affected you? The solution is money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's true. Uh, it is, uh, no, it is. But here's the thing about Crohn's, and I think a lot of people have it. It's becoming more and more popular. I personally think it's because seventy. No, it's like ninety percent of the world doesn't know about healthy food and healthy living and healthiness. And you know, growing up in Staten Island, drinking twelve sodas a day and like candy all day. Yeah. And like, my dad died, and I had all this depression and suppressed it all the way down. And I, you know, I got it when I was in It was really, really bad. I was like, it was really bad until about two years ago when I finally found all these, like, not Staten Island doctors, people that knew what the fuck they were talking about, like, in the city. And, yep. you know, it. it's a really, it's not a fun disease to have. It's also, like, really embarrassing 
to like you know the symptoms and whatever but um i didn't get better until i started eating better and that's just because my girlfriend's family is like just above and beyond smart like just mm-hmm. so aware and like Are you like uh, you have like a lit longer list of what you can eat than what you can yeah i have the longest list and then <laughs> When I, when I met this family, they were, like, shocked at what I was putting in my body and, like, drinking soda all day and, like, just, like, you know, couldn't believe what I was doing. And now, since I've met them, you know, around a year and a half, I just have a completely different diet. And, like, I don't have acne anymore. I don't have stomach pain every morning. And, like, I'm not tired all day, like. A lot of it is just yeah, as boring as this sounds coming out of my mouth. It's really just like dieting and being aware of like what's good and not what's not good for you. Because like it really, it really changes everything. It really just sounds like what you have to do once you turn forty, forty-five. You know, I'm fifty-eight. No, yeah, I thought like yeah, I thought I had some time, but like apparently to get right on top of it. I always say, if I knew I was going to have to eat this healthy, man, I would eat even worse when I was a kid, man. I mean, eating a piece of pizza is like a major like ordeal for me now. It's unbelievable. It sucks. But no, I, you yeah, know, I have to plan my day around pizza. <laughs> you got to work out for like two hours. Yeah, I can't just yeah. go get pizza. If I'm having like pizza today, I, I, I got like a two-hour run, and then I, I, I'm just so hungry, and I burned so many calories. I need some carbs, so I'm good to have that. But it's funny, like um, the drinking is another problem. Like you know, uh, alcohol. Well, you can't, you know, with, with with Crohn's also. That's another. That's another like oh red flag. Are you are you done with drinking yeah. at this point? Are you done drinking? I was never ever a drinker. Never. Okay. I would like the most I would have is one or two. I've I could count the amount of times I've been drunk on my hands. I was always more of like a pot guy uh, because I just always liked smoking better. And Mm -hmm. then I found out that it was great for Crohn's. And then I really took that to my advantage. And you got the medical, you got the medical or no? Yeah. Medical. And uh, what's really nuts is there's actually like weed now that doesn't get you high. And it's just for like, problems like joint pain and like Crohn's and like you know yeah yeah or like shit like that like people a lot of people just think you're just sitting around getting really high eating potato chips and watching family guy but <laughs> you know yeah that's you know well that is when around. you do smoke weed that is kind of what generally happens but at least that was yeah. more my childhood anyway from what i remember <laughs> yeah now all this stuff is like you know like there's this weed called cbd that doesn't have any THC in it, and it just relaxes your muscles, and, you know, it's really good for your stomach and, like, joint pain. And, like, you know, that was really, really helpful for Crohn's. And, like, it's really helpful for a lot of, you know, autoimmune diseases. Yeah. It's yeah, got, it's got to legalize it already. You know, just legalize the damn thing around the country so we can just move on and... Yeah, I just think it's great for the, the taxing and making money and helping the economy. But, I mean, like, smoking, a lot of that pot is really, like, you're not supposed to be doing that all day. It's, like, ridiculous. But I do think it's, like, definitely should be legal and uh, should be taken advantage of. It's pretty strong. Uh, some, of, some of that stuff, you got to be careful. They have it kind of measured on, on Dude, its strength. 
even the stuff that I smoked when I was like 16, it's like, it's light years beyond that. It's like <laughs> terrifying. And it's only like eight years ago. Uh-huh. Well, what's next for you? Well, you know, you, you've done some movies. You're on obviously one of the more popular shows on, on the planet. Um, are you are you feeling challenged, or do you feel like are, are you starting to create your own projects, or what 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 goes next? Um, I uh, what I'm working on right now is I'm writing a movie for Warner Brothers, um, with my with my writing partner, and uh, I'm I just like to have as much control as you possibly can. This is a business where you don't really have control and usually you have to do things just because you have to do them. My goal is to just do things I want to do. Um, and I'm just working on my next special. I just started, I took a little time off from stand up to try and get some experiences because I am really young and like I'm just working now. So you like, are really young, dude. You got a lot of time in on your hands to still do some incredible yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go on the road and not talk about my dick. Like, you know, I just would <laughs> like to have some sort of an experience to talk about. So like I took some time off and got got some got some new material and I'm just uh supposed to do a special in a year and a half or something. So uh just working on those two things really. Cool. And just trying to stay afloat at SNL. Are you loving? Are you loving the movie thing, or you you know you'll do that every now and then? But a lot of people do not like you know the the length of time and all the shoots and everything else. Do you like doing the thing those thing? Is SNL SNL schedule is so hectic and difficult that I shot a couple movies this summer. It was a fucking breeze. It was like really it was so incredible. Yeah, you have a call time. You have a you have an out. Uh, you know, people are like hands on taking care of you and like you, you, you have your own trailer it's ridiculous it's, it's insane and <laughs> it's cool it's, compared to anything compared to SNL is the easiest thing I've ever done it's like really if you ask anybody from that show it's, it's really really weird um, but I, I love it I, I just want to do things that I really like that's just as long as I'm not doing anything because I have to do it That that's just my goal for my career that's smart by the way, are you saving the script from Saturday Night Live? Are you like, you know, they are collectible. Just so you know, I got to throw that out. Yeah, there. I save, I save the ones that did really bad at the table and didn't get into the show. The ones that I that I wrote that bombed. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I have I have four years worth of really shitty sketches that I can't wait to show people. <laughs> and they'll probably get more laughs than you know what to do with. How about sports? Yeah. You loving sports? Do you get those Lauren Michael seats for Yankee games? Are you a Yankee fan? Uh, yeah, I became a Yankee fan after I saw those seats. Um, no, I was always a Yankee fan. I'm really, I'm, I'm a big Giants fan. I've always been a really big Giants fan. I've had season tickets since I was like 17 years old. Love the Giants. Uh, I, I love the Yankees and the Knicks. I watch playoffs, but like it's hard for me. To, the Knicks are just so fucking disappointing. It's just like so, like I, I don't even know why it would bother. It's hard like, to win in the NBA, man. It's just it's not even the Knicks. It, you know, two thirds of the dude, teams don't win. There's fucking four teams. There's four teams that are all yeah. piling on. Yep. And it's just not even exciting to watch. I'm gonna watch the Knicks play the Warriors. You out of your fucking mind? Now, look, when I played schoolyard ball, there's nothing like having the best team and screw everybody that's on the sidelines waiting, knowing they're never going to beat us because I got the two best players on my team. But I'm not gung-ho on what's going down now in the NBA 
where I feel like we don't even have a shot. The Nets, the Knicks. No. It sucks. It's just you can't you, you can't watch Houston, it. Houston just got Chris Paul, and they're about to get mellow. It's just like they're just making they're just making super teams. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really boring and not fun to watch. And that's kind of why I like football. There's never a trade in football. There's maybe like one trade yeah. a year. Like the big big thing this year is Adrian Peterson's like on the Saints now. It's like you know, yeah. it's like a team's a team, and the people aren't jumping around. It's, you know, I, I like football the best. Who's also, your favorite giant? Who's your favorite giant? You know, knowing that I started Steiner Sports with the Giants, you know, with LT and the 86 team. I went to school with Joe Morris. Favorite favorite giant of all time, Ike Hilliard. Really? Uh, love him. Love Number Ike eight. Hilliard. I, I was also, yeah, I was really little when he was on the team, but my dad died. The Giants had this like thing for nine eleven kids, and Ike Hilliard was very, very nice to me. Took a liking to me, and like we had a catch, and like really, oh, that wow. guy, that guy changed my childhood. He That's your guy. A, good guy, by the way. Good guy. guy. Man. Just a good, just a solid fucking dude. You know, just like a really good dude. Yeah, we did Currently, some work with him. He's great. He's great. Currently on the Giants, I like uh, I like Odell, but I like uh, I like Sterling Shepard. I think he's uh, I think he's gonna be really really great. I think but I could, I think Odell and you could have a long conversation. I think Odell needs to be funnier, lighten up. Yeah. Well, he's just you know what he isn't he my age. Yeah. 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 I mean, can you ima- I couldn't imagine being that talented and famous. At, at my age, and, and being able to do all the shit that he does, that guy, that guy has the world. It's uh, he'll figure it out. Well, his mom was a track and field star. You know, when you raced her, you raced for second place. So you know, it's where he gets the speed from. You know, his father was a former football player. I mean, the gene pool there. I mean, the the guy is insane. I mean, you know, but you know, it comes from a, a history of athletes, and it seems to all come together. Can he get the mental part together? That would be cool. I mean, um, you know, he's very sensitive. Um, he's a good dude, though. You know, he's not a bad person. He's a good person. He's just not a status quo guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think I think he's going to be fine. He's just, you know, he's just figuring it out. You know? You like him when you see with Judge? Money. You like him when you see with Judge with on the Yankees? You following that? Dude, I, I haven't really been watching the uh, – the Yankees, but I watched the fucking home run derby the other day. That kid is a monster. Crazy. That, I've never seen anything like that. And a great story. You know, he's in minor league, struggling. I mean, he's adopted. Great story. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a great story. Oh, my this God. What an a, even better story. Yeah. yeah. Whenever some kid's adopted, you're like, wow, that kid's going to be something. Because you know how hard it must be. I mean, you talk about losing a parent. And we both did, and I grew up in a single parent home. But imagine having no home. How hard yeah, that is, you know? I mean, how hard could that be? That sounds awful. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that so sucks. Sad. But thank God he, you know, found baseball. He's just such a monster, yeah. dude. It's like it's the greatest. That was the most fun thing I ever seen. I was watching home the whole run derby, and it's just like even the baseball players were just like, oh man, he's gonna get it. Yep. They were a lot like I think Cody Bell. I don't remember what his name. Bellinger was the second Aaron Judge took the plate. He was like, "Yeah, I'm out." 
Like, I've never seen a collective group of people just be like, this guy's a, this guy's a fucking monster. And he's got that swing. He's got the Ken Griffey A-Rod swing, which a lot of big guys, very few, it's very hard to get that swing where it doesn't even look like you hit the ball and all of a sudden it's like 500 feet. That little was like yeah, effortless swing, yeah. We needed a we needed a guy to make the Yankees entertaining again after Jeter left. Yeah, so it's I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy that he's the guy. It's exciting. Well, thank you for your time, man. What a great run, and uh, just happy for your success. And you know, obviously, we're big fans here. We we're happy to be able to get you on the phone, watch Saturday Night Live. Hopefully, I'm going to get out there and see a show. My wife's a big Saturday Night Live fan, so we watch every Saturday night. Oh, make sure night. you email me. I got you guys. Uh, I got you guys tickets this year. That would be great if we come out for a show. And also, we I got to take care. I mean, I don't have Lauren Michael seats, but I think my seats are equally as good. And you'll have more fun with me at the stadium, uh, showing you around there. We got to get to the stadium. Show you around a little bit. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, you'd enjoy Absolutely. it. I'll, I, I would I'll enjoy it too, but we, we have some fun at the stadium. We do a lot of different things there with uh, different players and you know all kinds of VIP stuff, so it would be fun to have you out for a game. All right, that'd be great. Thanks, man. All right, man. You enjoy your rest of your vacation. Thanks for taking a little time out, and uh, you know, I'd say don't ever change. <laughs> I won't, I promise.